0: Hi, I'm the Strategist Cowboy. So much is happening right now or I mean I have to uh, up my uh, lessons strategic lessons a bit because I want to get this out all of it before it's too late anyway uh, for for my beer review uh, I am trying out one Scottish session IPA dubbed clockwork session Aipa uh, uh, from the brewery Brewdog and I'm comparing it with a Finnish beer dubbed Lightilan Helles from the brewery Kuko in the town of Leitela, smack in the vodka belt. Leitilan Helles is just a lager beer and is hence fighting from a disadvantageous position. This beer from Kuko is thus clearly the underdog. Okay. Let us thus start reviewing our first contestant, Clockwork Session IPA. This beer has got a 4.5% ABV. A session IPA is a less alcoholic version of IPA or India Pale Ale. The term session is believed to originate from England and the fact that people wanted to be able to drink a lot of beer without getting too drunk. A session iPad typically has an ABV between 4.5 to 4.7%. This beer sort costs about 17 Swedish kronas, i.e. about 2 US dollars for this European standard sized container. That is about 73 cents per four centiliters of beer. That is cheap for an IPA beer. Ingredients in clockwork are water, malted barley, hops and yeast. It has got a natural tangerine flavor, they say. The beer has got a pretty wide range of hops and malts. That doesn't necessarily or automatically give it any better flavor. This IPA beer comes in a 33 centiliters, i.e. 11 ounces, orangey colored can. Store cold, drink fresh, it says on the can. System blog says that it is best served at a temperature between 8 to 10 degrees Celsius, i.e. 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. How about the experience then? It's got an orangey, golden, uh, amber flavor-like style color on it. I think a little bit light and I can see my fingers through the glass. It's got a two fingers tall head. It's a pretty sweet aroma. Hoppy. Hoppy aroma and taste. It's fairly rich. It's a little bit bread-like, like uh, syrup bread, and uh, it's not particularly yeasty, but uh, yeah. It's uh, under this hoppiness, maybe there's some maltiness, I don't know, it's difficult to sense any maltiness in it, but uh, there may very well be. But I wouldn't say so because it's not a malty beer, it's not uh, the thing you think about. When you drink this beer, maltiness. Tasting on my palate. Uh, very hoppy. And it's kind of. Well, it's not that sweet actually, but uh, it's not not sweet either. It's uh, somewhere in the middle between. It's not dry, but if it's sweet, I'd say that, uh, no, it's not the thing that comes to your mind when you drink this beer, at least not my mind, And, and it's as I said, it's hoppy. have a bitter, not very much, and it's not very um, rich uh, in the long run here. Not very rich, but it's uh, not that strong. It's, it's not that much of, a, of an ABV. Uh, is it candy-like? No, I wouldn't say so, since it's not sweet. It's fruity, it is. It's uh, syrup bread, but that's that's not fruit. uh, I'd say that uh, it's mango taste in it, tangerine maybe. Yes, tangerine peels and perhaps mango or apricot, I don't know which. I have difficulties uh, discerning. Uh, I have difficulties, difficulties to separate the two, actually, but uh, uh, in beers at least. It's not exactly well, not. Honey-like exactly, well a little bit perhaps honey-like. Okay, what about grading then? Oh, what do I grade this beer? For, Um, let's see here, what is it? 4.7%? 4. 4.5%? 4. For a 4.5% beer. Hyper beer. Or for a 4.5% beer at all. It's pretty good. I'll grade it. I'll grade it. Um, for a 4.5% beer. Seven. table seven ten ten possible. But for um, for an IPA beer, even if, if, if it wasn't a session beer, I would rate it six tables out of 10 possible. So there's only a difference of one devil. Okay. Our second contestant is the Finnish brewery Kukkos beer Leitilan Helles. This style of beer, Helles, originates from Munich. Helles means light in German. Leitila, I guess, is the name of the town where this beer is brewed, since there is a town with 8500 inhabitants called Leitila in Finland. The Lager Beer Lightland Helles has got a 4.7% ABV. The brewery Kuko, meaning rooster, has got a range of different styles of beers with the same appearance on their different canned and bottled beer styles/slash beer sorts. It is the same label or design on the bottle/slash can on nearly every beer style and sort only with a different color. Their beer sorts are all gluten-free and they were apparently the first brewery in the world to brew gluten-free beer. This lager beer costs about 12 swedish kronas i.e about 1 US dollar and 40 cents that is about 50 cents per four centiliters of beer almost one-third cheaper than the Clockwork IPA beer. The lager beer consists of water, malted barley, hops, and most likely yeast. The hops are of the German sorts Magnum and Pearl. The malts are of the, to me, unknown sorts, Caramel, Pale, and pilsner malt but you can read on their website that the brewery assortments of malts are cultivated in finland the lager cuckoo comes in a 33 centimeter blue standard european size can the can is unimaginable and dull with a rooster silhouette on top of the letters spelling cuckoo Why do they sell other cuckoo containers than they do in Finland, in Sweden? Containers that are much less appealing. They don't want to sell beers here or what? Then why sell beers here at all? Sharpen yourselves, my Finnish brothers. The beer is best served at 7 to 12 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 45 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit according to the brewery. The brewery has a number of preferred cuckoo. yes I meant cuckoo serving temperatures for their different beer styles slash beer sorts. Temperatures that are not consistent for anyone with finite cooling appliances. At least not if they serve beers of other brands, types and sorts too. But as you probably know by now, Sustenbogad has their own preferred temperature range. In this case, Cucuhelis is given a preferred serving temperature of eight to ten degrees Celsius, i.e., about forty-six to, to fifty degrees Fahrenheit, by Sustenbogad. It's within Cucuhelis' own very wide temperature range. Sustenbogad has some four different range preferred temperatures. Normally they are 6 to 8, 8 to 10, 10 to 12, and 12 to 14 degrees Celsius. Any odd number or overlapping numbers that is not mentioned here are out of the question. It is almost delightfully communist or socialist since they normally have four different options and not just one. These temperatures goes for the entire store chain in the country. But it is optimal. But it is optimal, you can't argue against that. No one sane has more than four different temperature coolers, especially not private citizens. I have two. That is one more than most people have. Albeit, it is easy to bundle most of Kukko's beer sorts into one and the same temperature cooler since the preferred serving temperature range is great for each style slash sort of beer. But then again, why did they divide their beer sorts into an inconsistent variety of different preferred serving temperatures in the first place? The Finnish equivalent to Sustainabellaget, Alko, divides temperature ranges into 7 to 10 degrees 8 to 12 degrees and 10 to 14 degrees. That means that virtually every possible beer sort will overlap into one and the same temperature range. And thus it gets pointless to divide them into different temperature ranges in the first place. But it would be surprised, but I would be surprised if it turned out that the local bar or gas station in Finland had more than one temperature beverage cooler. In Finland they are allowed to sell alcoholic beverages that are not stronger than 5.5% ABV in regular gro- grocery stores and gas stations and kiosks. Except I bet the average local bar in Sweden does not have more than two different temperature coolers anyway. So we are back to square one square one is put your coolers thermostat on eight degrees celsius and take out your beer half an hour to 45 minutes ahead if you want it warmer except it excludes the bar owners from doing this they have to serve the beers just in time it seems there is no easy solution and neither Alco nor Systemblaget are 100% wrong in their preferred temperature divide. Different breweries want different serving temperatures on their beers, but no one bar can accommodate all the breweries' wishes, and neither can Systemblaget nor Alco recommend all possible existing temperature spans. Still, I'd go with Systemblaget's four preferred serving temperatures because they are consistent and divided into four equally-spanning and a little more more precise ranges. You yourself can still choose what temperature you prefer to serve your beer in with the Systembolaget system, while the Finnish Alko has a much more confusing system with a wider and overlapping temperature span that could imply everything and nothing. One thing is for sure. It is a delicate walk on the rope between the brewer's wishes and the customer's demands, for both Sustenbelaget and Alco. Still, most beer drinkers, in my country at least, don't even bother at all to find out the preferred serving temperature on their chosen beer for the day. They just gobble it down refrigerator cold. I'd say that I myself usually lack the patience to wait for the beer to warm up, on the counter. Sometimes I cheat by warming up the beer bottle in warm water. It is done in a matter of seconds. I come to think of an episode of The Simpsons. Moe the bartender had bought a super large deep fryer and he tells Homer Simpson that this thing can keep can deep fry an oxen in 47 seconds. Whereafter Homer Simpson replies, well I want it now. But finally, after several minutes of boring you with detailed information and speculation, how about the experience then? <laughs> It's got a faint lager aroma. More than two fingers uh, tall head. The color is, uh, it's clear and yellowish. Very clear. I'm sorry but The taste of this beer is actually, I mean, I'm almost almost reluctant to say this, but it tastes like vodka, it's not that it's strong, but of course they, they don't have vodka in it, but I I sense my sensation is vodka. The sensation on my tongue is vodka. Vodka taste. It's pretty rich for a 4.7% volume uh, ABV alcohol. But um Uh, The foam is already down to one finger's tall head. But anyway, Mm -hmm. it's... uh, I'd say it's pretty rich. For a 4.7% beer. It's not bread-like. And it's not yeasty. It's pretty malty. Ah, Well, not very much, but it's malty. Yeah, it is, I think, even though it tastes like vodka. Taste on my palate, let's see. mm well, I don't know, but it's not very sweet, but it's it's not not uh, well, actually it's it's a little bit sweet, I think. It's not dry, it's not very bitter or hoppy, it's more malty than hoppy. Uh, Is it um, candy-like? I don't think so. Is it fruity? Well, some fruit, me, um, fruit juice. Taste in it, but not the the orange peels or the tangerine peels uh, sensation. And spices, I sense no one. The undertone is, um, well, I don't know about the, the combination level. I forgot the beers combination level, but it's not very carbonated, but I have to burp anyway, a little bit. So, okay. It's not creamy. It's not acidic and there are no aberrations. Well, aberrations are a vodka taste and it's uh... Got a little of uh, mango, I think it's mango, mango taste, a little bit of it. Yeah, I think it is. But uh, other than that, I don't sense any particular flavor sensations. Okay. What about grading then? Uh, stick to vodka. Finish, guys. I I'd say. Four devils out of ten possible. Yeah. I'd say that. Yes. Okay. Absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant. Thank you. Last fortnight, we had a lesson called Biden's new strategy. Today, or or this fortnight, we have a lesson called Trump's old strategy. This bromance between the Israelis and the Arabs lately prior to the U.S. presidential election in 2020 that Trump lost was all too superficial from the Arab side. In the last months of Trump, Trump's presidency, the Saudis seemed to flip-flop. But why? Because there was going to be a war under Trump against Iran, it was definitely decided in Washington DC a couple of years ago or so. Proof? I have no decisive proof, except for that the CIA factbook unintentionally reveals that the US is going to run out of oil on its own territory at some point in time in this decade. But think of it this way. The only reason why Saudi Arabia ever reached out to Israel was because of Washington's elaborate plans to push Iran into making a limited attack on American forces in the Persian Gulf or elsewhere so that the US gets an excuse to start the war. That is why the US, already under Obama's administration, had to withdraw from Afghanistan in such a hurry to free troops for the coming war against Iran. It is also why the U.S. at one time started showing interest in Iraq again and wanted to increase its troops there. The Saudis knew that under Trump they had to tolerate the Israelis and they welcomed Israel's contribution in the common war against the Saudis' arch enemy, Iran. To the Saudis, Iran is a bigger threat than Israel, and they are. When it looked like if the not-so-Israel-friendly Joe Biden was going to be president in January 2021, the Saudis turned on Israel, with some uncertainty. I supposed that the Gulf states would probably follow suit now that the Arabs are hoping for a war led by Biden against Iran. But I was wrong. It was only the scenery that changed, not the coming war itself. It was important even for the Trump administration that Biden wouldn't get bogged down in domestic bickering about him being a warmonger, which is why there were news reports, deliberate leaks, coming out from the White House in November 2020, about Trump wanting a war against Iran. Israel cannot be shut out of the deal by the Saudis, because they will not succeed then. Whether the Saudis realized this or not was another question. The Saudis had in late 2020 opened up for civilian Israeli air traffic over Saudi Arabia. But they wanted to stop this after Trump lost the U.S. presidential election, when it looked like if Trump was defeated for sure. World Israel News quoted, In recent weeks, Saudi Arabia has allowed a precedent-setting move for Israeli planes to use its airspace on their way to the UAE and Bahrain, and in recent months there has also been harsh criticism of the Palestinians by senior Saudi officials." End quote World Israel News, November 23, 2020. The Saudi's foreign minister denied according to another article in the web-based Win, that Netanyahu participated in a meeting that happened in November 2020. No such meeting occurred. The only officials present were American, Pompeo, and Saudi, the Saudi crown prince. He tweeted. But if the U.S. is going to provoke a war, When will this war take place? I even know the answer to that. It will be within a four-year period if they can succeed with their shady scheme. The aircraft carrier ship dubbed USS Nimitz is patrolling the waters of the Persian Gulf since late November 2020. Since 2012, Nimitz is the oldest serving carrier in in the US Navy. Due to the big stakes of America's future, with the severe oil shortage, it is possible that the Trump administration are prepared to sacrifice USS Nimitz if it means that the Iranians, conveniently enough to, to the American administration, will start the war by attacking USS Nimitz. This is not very controversial. It is something they have to consider for, for and in any possible future war. They have done it before, in the Tonkin Bay but with smaller ships. A World Israel News quote. US promised UAE it would not greenlight Israeli sovereignty until 2024. That was a quote from a win headline, September 13, 2020. The article states among other things, quote, the 2024 time frame lines up with a four year window within which Israel is obligated to negotiate with the Palestinians under the Trump administration's Mideast peace plan. That is their time plan. Peace means war, war means peace. But there was an obstacle, and the name of the country is Qatar. Qatar had been put under a covert commercial and political blockade by land, sea and air since January 2017 by Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, and Egypt, from the first month of never started any wars and nominated to the Nobel Peace Prize Trump administration, till January 5th, 2021, from the first month of the Let's Go Back to the Nuclear Deal Biden administration. Why? Qatar had too much relations with Iran due to the two countries' shared gas field in the Persian Gulf. The US initially supported the blockade, since the Trump administration wanted to push Iran into the corner and forced them to make a limited military attack on American forces. Qatar stood in the way, albeit there is a US airbase in Qatar. Qatar's answer to the blockade was to strengthen ties with Russia, Turkey and China. Still not convinced? Quote, win December 22, 2020. He, senior Trump advisor Jared Kushner, that is, also said he expects Morocco to join an investment fund created by Israel, the US and the UAE for investing in projects in the Middle East. There are several countries in the region that have approached us for projects, he said. He added that the Democrats have signaled that their incoming Biden administration will continue to advance these business de- developments. End quote. I let the quotes speak for themselves. Note that the Biden administration at first seemed to have halted the war plans from the former Trump administration. It looked like if secret war preparations were being made public, and this makes it possible for people like me to find confirmatory information. I wasn't in the dark before, but the fog of war was thick. Under the new Biden administration, American bombers flew into Syria at dawn on the 26th of February 2021, and the target was an Iranian-backed Shiite militia group in Syria. A group that almost two weeks ago, counterproductively, as usual, carried out a rocket attack on a US base in Iraq, Iraq. The Biden administration were grateful because right after or the following day, the Biden administration slaps some of the minions of the Saudi Crown Prince and lets the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman himself off the hook for the gruel killing, the gruel killing of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Their relationship with Saudi Arabia is larger than an individual, says Foreign Minister Tony Blinken. So it was business as usual. I knew that Biden wasn't a freshman, so it is no use being surprised. But at least the Biden administration intends to make sure that such gruel murders don't happen again. The United States will not tolerate threats or attacks from Saudi Arabia outside its borders against activists, dissidents, or journalists, Tony Blinken said a couple of hours after the air raid. Convenient. If I had any doubts before, I don't have them any longer. There is going to be a war. If there is going to be a war, please God, let the US win because there are no good exit options from a third world war for us Nordic people. At least they have a sober and intelligent chauffeur now. It is important that we Swedes remain pragmatic. Never have a small country known so much, but being able to do so little. Hence the little prayer here. And the sources for this are World Israel News. Visual politics on YouTube, Sverius Radio. Thanks, and see you later, alligator at a while, crocodile. Oh, thank you.